On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 8th of May. Looking forward to dissecting the weekend of racing. Zaki joins the $10 million club. It was all under the lights up there at the Sunshine Coast. And the Sydney horses were doing their thing. We also had some really good racing, of course, uh, here in New South Wales over the course of the weekend. And all roads this week lead to Scone, of course, that two-day carnival. Looking forward to their standalone on Saturday. And we've got the Friday Cup meeting as well. And if you're looking to go to Scone this weekend, you need to be listening to Sky Sports Radio because I've got some tickets to give away when we chat with Steve King tomorrow on Racing HQ. And throughout the day, of course, we'll be in Scone later this week on Thursday and also Friday. They've got a big golf day on the Thursday afternoon and a sportsman's lunch. And on Friday morning, we will be live from the track with the the, uh, punters panel and looking ahead at that big Scone Cup meeting. We've also got as well today in New South Wales two meetings, Corindai and Taree as our Monday meetings. Goulburn tomorrow. Geez, it'd be nice and cold in Goulburn. What about it was snowing in Barrel last night? Uh, we've got to Kensington on Wednesday. That's our Metro meeting. Why on Thursday? And two meetings on the Friday, Albury and Scone. Our panel today is David Gately, Michael Maxworthy, and also Ron Duffersey. And I might say good morning to Duff to kickstart proceedings. Good morning, Ronnie. Great to have you on the program, mate. And another good weekend of racing. And Zaki, he, as I said, joins the $10 million club. Yep, and deservedly so. He's been a tried and true performer. He did a little tough there on Saturday and, and got the job done. And, um, yep, I'd suggest there's still upside with him, um, considering he's only second up. So... Full steam ahead for him for the Doom and Cup where we were all waiting uh, with anticipation to see him again. But a very successful meeting again at Gosford. It seems to be blending in nicely this standalone. I think it's their third and um, uh, they did a really good job and uh, it uh, produced some great racing. Fence was off a little, uh, but that's no, no issue with me. Give most horses got their chance there. Um, getting uh, to the middle of the track and will throw off the fence anyway. So... Uh, and uh, a, a really competitive day. It's a, it looked like a massive crowd there too, Duff. I mean, one of the biggest they've had there at Gosford. Yep, it was a good crowd, and they did what the, the norm is now. They put the, the band on after the last where all the young um, people come in and enjoy their day, and I'm sure they did. Joining us, uh, David Gailey. You had the uh, the prime seat there on Sky Racing 1 on the weekend, Gator, and uh, there were some good performances all over the country, including up there at the Sunshine Coast, where a few of these horses were expecting to, to really pronounce themselves over the carnival, put their hand up. Yeah, good morning to you and, and, and everyone there, and, and of course all the punters listening. And um, yeah, I'm just having a flashback to this. You know that GIF where you've got that giant bit of paper and it rolls all the way down the street? That's my horses to follow out of the weekend. <laughs> uh, it's just a cast of thousands. Um, four states to look at. Some terrific racing. I think Melbourne was probably the poor cousin of the four, to be honest, with um, with a tough track here. But um, yeah, all the other three uh, meetings I thought were exceptional and a lot to take out of them. And Michael Maxworthy, you had the uh, the front row seat there at the Sunshine Coast. It looked like a great meeting. Of course, this was the Gold Coast meeting set down, the Hollandale meeting, and they went to the sunny coast because of that track uh, renovations and, and the development they're doing there at the Goldie, and you get to see Zaki again in the flesh. He's a lovely animal, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Um, he was as quiet as a church mouse in the yard for the first lap, and then the second lap, he, lap, lap, he sort of perked up a little bit. Uh, the Zaki that we know in the Hollandale States, we saw him the previous two years. He dominated. He was amazing the first year. Last year on a heavy track, he just got there, and his class came to the top there on Saturday. And I think we all expected him... Uh, guys to win a, a little bit more comfortable, uh, but he did have to work through the first three, four hundred metres. Even James McDonald said he was shocked when he came back. He said he felt like he had bullets coming at him left, right and centre. Um, he, he didn't break that well, and a couple of others underneath him were trying to get spots, and whilst they do jump out of a chute there at the sunny coast at the 1800, they do run onto a curve, you know, a bend to get into the back straight, and you'll see that if you get a chance to watch the head-on. So 
He ended up letting Colding go, uh, but when the chips were down, he kicked like a, a top horse that we know he is. The runner-up and the third horse were very good too. Huetor uh, wasn't that far away, nor was Zarek. And I, I think a tissues run can be a little bit forgiven as well, Dave. Things didn't quite go according to plan for her. Um, Duff, obviously, uh, we, we mentioned Zaki at the top of the program and just hearing Maxie talk about, you know, some of the beaten brigade. But, gee, this um, Zarek's gone to another level. I mean, he's always been, uh, um, you know, a horse that the, the Hawks team have had a, an opinion of. But now to see him sort of, you know, get through these group races, this campaign, and he's just got this tenacity. He wants to win these races. Yeah, he's he's been really good this preparation. He's won a couple of races and he was placed... Um, I think it was in the sky high as well. So he's, he's really turned the corner. And, um, yeah, he's, he's always been a horse of promise, but they've got a real handle on him, uh, this preparation. There's no doubt about it. What about uh, No Compromise from the Beaten Brigade? Maxie, there's a text on the text line. What do we think of No Compromise at big odds? Yeah, probably um, when getting back into a handicap, maybe the effort was okay. There were a few tidy performances in the race, we mentioned second and third, and they, and of course, Zaki now dominates the market. He has ever since the first prices went up in the Doombin Cup. He's at $2. I think Huerto's odds at the moment, Dave, are, are good, are currently at $11, coming out of that Hollandale last Saturday. And Huerto actually won the Doombin Cup last year when the race was run at Eagle Farm, um, beating Zaki, who was at about $1.35. So that $11 looks a a little bit um, attractive, looking ahead to the Doombin Cup. But, yeah, there were a few other nice performances in the race. But uh, clearly, Zaki, ahead of the place getters and the Tissue. Um, tissue is the second favourite at the moment for the Doombin Cup at $8. She hasn't changed since uh, since the race on Saturday. No, she was around at $2.30 price. He was Zaki last week. And I think we mentioned this, Maxie, when we spoke uh, on Thursday on Racing HQ that... Out of the uh, the history of the Hollandale, when uh, leading on to to Doomben Cups, um, thirty one starters have gone from the Hollandale into the Doomben Cup, and eleven of them have won. Obviously, Zaki uh, there, Streamer, Metal Bender, Above Deck, Bush Padre, etc., Might and Power, and obviously he has that history now where he's the only horse to win three in a row. Of course, uh, since two thousand and twenty one, last horse before him that had the double was Labaz for Team Hawks, and then before that it was Shogun Lodge. So he's uh, he's in he's in rare air, Zaki, and uh, obviously great for that Queensland Carnival that he gets up there, and obviously that they get Annabelle and James, and he flies the flag for New South Wales pretty well. Um, already on the text line as well, sticking with this meeting, because there was uh, plenty of Sydney flavour, but from a Queensland perspective, Maxie, this yellow brick, who we haven't seen since the Magic Millions guineas, he had to do it the tough way here in the Gold Coast Guineas. He sat wide and he was first up. They kept backing him all day. He SP'd at $2.40, but he was as much as $3.80, etc. higher earlier in the week. He's a very, very smart horse. Yes, um, he's a three-year-old, this fellow. He, he needs to qualify to get into the Stradbroke handicap. It looks like they're heading that way. He'll go through the Fred Best. He, he's two for two at Eagle Farm, and he's got a terrific record overall. Eight starts, six wins. But that was a gutsy performance. Um, just going through the stewards' report and watching the replays, not too many horses uh, were held up in the home straight, not too many sort of interference um, in the races there on Saturday. But a lot of horses were obliged to race very wide in the big fields, and he was one of them, Yellow Bricky. Couldn't get in at all. He was working overtime, and if you're on him, you're thinking, gee, I wonder how fit he is, because he's first up here, 1,200 metres, but... Uh, ben Thompson just had to sit there, um, badly exposed. He waited till the last 200. He got onto the crown, which I think um, on Saturday was, you know, a little bit um, superior. If you're on the rails, you probably were in slightly inferior ground. So he got to the right part of the track on Yellow Brick. And when he pressed the button, the horse gave him something after working hard early. I think that tells us that this is a, a very, very good horse. And we're just hoping that he gets into the Stradbroke handicap. He's the second favourite at $6 behind Think About It, who I think clearly is the one to beat after last Saturday. He's the $4.50 favourite at this point for the Stradbroke. Well, I was going to ask uh, Gator, uh, not Gator, uh, Duff about Think About It because that was a brilliant ride at Gosford by Sam Clifford. It was, but he's got a beautiful horse underneath him to do that as well. He's a, He looks a, 
a lovely horse to ride as far as uh, his, his, his attitude's concerned. He's, he's been up and outside the lead in races. He's come from well back, and he can adjust to the tempo of any race, which is a great asset for any horse. So whether he's overplayed in, the, in a Stradbroke market, I don't know, but his winning record is just hard to deny. And just back to that yellow brick, he could well be a Golden Eagle horse as well, because yeah. he's a, a rising four-year-old and... And he's one up to a mile, so the, that's a good carrot for connections there as well. So, um, yeah, the Stradbroke is always a tough race early um, to, to, to identify what you like, but obviously there's a few lovely horses going to it. We mentioned two stars of the weekend, Gator. Um, I might start with your opinion on that Gold Coast Guineas and Yellow Brick. Yeah, look, uh, look. I, I take um, Max's point that you know I think the fence was off, so um, you know, covering ground wasn't disastrous. Still, if you had to pick and you had to script the race, you wouldn't be three wide, third no cover, would you? I mean, they just don't win most of them doing that. Um, so his effort was exceptional. He gave fitness away to Lady Laguna. Uh, Lady Laguna had just matched motors with Af Cabin, you know, who many are tipping to win a Stradbroke. So it's not a difficult line to draw to say he's in that conversation. Mm. And what about uh, Think It Over, mate, uh, at uh, Gosford? Well, I mean, I think Duff summed it up perfectly. I mean, there, there just aren't too many horses around, you know, athletes, human, equine, whatever, that can cope with so much, so many different angles. You know, if you're going to win a race, this horse sits on the speed, he can go back, uh, he can come from um, in, inside horses, outside horses, uh, the tempo of the race doesn't bother him. They went slowly in that. He came from the back and still ran over them. Um, so he's got all these uh, strings to his bow that not many athletes have. So it's going to take you a long way, and it is taking him a long way. A sign of a really good horse, a sign of a really good horse, is a horse that you can go forward, come back, go forward, come back, and they react to a jockey. And if a horse can do that three times in a race, he's he's a, a real good horse. Some horses just switch on and then they're, they're full throttle from there on in. There's no coming back. But a horse that reacts to um, a kick up early, then come back underneath you, and then you kick up to find a position again, and then come back underneath you, he's that type of horse. And they rarely come along. They rarely come along. Um, what's he look like, Duff, in the yard? What's his, what is he... Is well, he, is he a... Anything he's, to look at, or no? Well, he's he's an excitable horse. He, he gets on his toe, and you go, uh, he's an aggressive sort of horse. But that's just him. He, he he's playful. He's just playful. So whether he, that's going to be knocked out of his system, I don't know. But it doesn't matter at the time being. He he's not as if he's 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 getting on the toe and sweating up and going to pieces. He's just he's all about getting to the races and having a day out. Mm. So his price, uh, obviously, in the Stradbroke handicap, as we mentioned before, four dollars and fifty cents. Uh, obviously, opened as much as six dollars. Yellow Bricks at six dollars, second favourite. Valana is then there at eight dollars. Aft Cabin eleven. Antino, who I think Maxie still has to qualify. He's not uh, any any guarantee, is he? Antino at eleven dollars. No, uh, Dave. Yellow Brick and Antino, they need to get into the race, whereas. Uh, think about it. I think he got uh, six points, so he's up over the 100 to 105. So that almost guarantees him getting into the Stradbroke. And you've just got to admire the way Joe Pride has brought this guy through the grades. You know, the classic old-fashioned way, and he got his stakes win in the takeover target. But he's got to go to another level, obviously. And I, I wonder whether he'll go to the. Um, Wait for Age, Kingsford Smith Cup. They've got him in $6 equal favourite with Rockfire and Ballada in that market on, uh, I think it's the 20, 23rd or 27th, I'm not sure, of, of oh, May. Yeah, The 27th. But, yeah, The 27th. But last year we saw Apache Chase, who was like this guy, a four-year-old, going into the race at Wait for Age level. And it was a blanket finish, and Apache Chase just got up and scored. I think Rothfire was back fourth, only beating the neck. So that'll be a really good measuring stick for him. Think about it, that he does head that way towards the Kingston Smith. Yeah, yeah that's where he's going. Definitely. We've just spoken to Joe Pride. Uh, Tanya, our producer, just uh, double-checked because there was a text on the text line from Finchop saying, hey, guys, where exactly... Uh, is think about it going, and uh, Joe's uh-huh. just told Tanya definitely Kingsford Smith and then Stradbroke. So he's four fifty in the Kingsford Smith. Aft Cabin six dollars, Rothfire six, Valana at eight dollars, Gentleman Roy 
at eleven dollars, and then obviously we roll on to okay. the Stradbroke at four fifty. So there you go. Yeah, well now they've confirmed that because it was six dollars yesterday. So um, that that's good. Can't wait to see him up here. He is an exciting horse. In regards to some of the beaten brigade, I might come back to the takeover target here. Um, and maybe just a comment on the track as well. Duff, obviously, if you're doing the replays in form, you didn't want to be, it seemed, near the fence. No, you didn't want to be hard the fence. There's no doubt about that. It, uh, and I think most people knew that before the first. So um, so be forgiving for anything hard against the fence. You had to be two and a half off. Um, a little bit better late in the day, just a little bit better. Uh, but... Uh, like I said, I've got no issues with that. So, Does that make the run of Clemenceau in the takeover because he was sort of went back to that inside? Does that make his run... Do you give it a bit more merit when you do the Yeah, you, yeah. well, you, you forgive, at least to forgive, because he did find trouble as well, bad trouble. And uh, then he was forced to go back to the inside and he was never really got a winning chance from that point on. So uh, as far as the beaten brigade are concerned, Will Bacchanale is Bacchanale. He's just pretty genuine he had a bit of a hiccup last start but um he's up there with the you know open class horses and fox fighters a little ripper he never runs bad and um yep other than that it's all about the winner it's all upside and uh, we'll find out uh, how good he is next time in the kingston smith for sure but uh, it's just the old as the old saying goes it's hard to knock a winner and just before we move on uh, to a race in Melbourne with a couple of texts, Maxie, just on that Gold Coast Guineas, we touched on, obviously, Yellow Brick. But there's a text here saying, uh, obviously, great win from Yellow Brick, but uh, apart from Lady Laguna, did he beat the best? Uh, obviously, um, Souf Sayang runs third there at $81. Mumbai Jewel was big odds. Spaceport was big odds. So um, does the race have a long tail to it? Does it have some depth? Or do you think that um, Lady Laguna was sort of the one that, obviously, the market suggested he had to beat? Well, it was, look, nothing really sort of put its hand up. Um, you know, th- those horses came through the Mick Dipman Lady Laguna race, whereby it was a frenetically run race, and she had the soft run. Um, and again, was a bit advantaged by a softish run yesterday. But I think you've just got to look at it. Yellow Brick, look at the sums. I'm pretty sure they went a lot faster in that guineas than race eight on the card, the ATC Cup, where we had some proper fast sprinters line up. So... I think you'll find that everything about the performance of Yellow Brick adds up to him being a serious group horse. But just back to the Doombin Cup, it's like it's the same old horses there. There's no fresh blood. But unless, um, I'm just going to ask Gator about this this gun stock who seems to be in the market for the Doombin, uh, is he, Doombin Cup. Is he an improver? Yeah, look, I think he's a, it's a really good horse, as simple as that. Um, it wasn't a day to be out chasing down the middle of the track at Sandown. Uh, it sort of defied, it was unhillside-like, um, but he sort of defied that and chased down Keats, who just ran okay in an all-star mile. So, um, you know, they beat the rest easily. His first up off a long break. Um, yeah, his Coonji win in the spring was, um, was exceptional, and he trolled every bit as well as non-conformist. He's a Group 1 horse, so um, very likeable. Okay, that, of course, is uh, Gunstock, $11 currently. So Zaki, a favourite there in the Doombin Cup. A tissue, $8. Huetor at 8 Gunstock, 11 And Dewas at $15. While we're on Sandown Gator, this Globe, we talk about horses with an unbeaten record. Well, he's four from four. Uh, and he looks another exciting runner for these uh, these horse in these colours, um, the dice colours. Yeah, that's right. And uh, gee, the, the stable can unearth a, a good one, can't they? And... They certainly keep them winning. It, I guess that's, you know, I remember Colin Hayes telling me that a thousand years ago, uh, the legendary Colin Hayes. It's, um, that's what good trainers do. They get horses to keep, they get a good horse to win more often. Um, this horse on Saturday, uh, we're still working through the, the data, but it looks like he's gone at a really strong speed. and just kept on running. I mean, he did a similar thing to start prior. His first two wins, okay, the, the jury was still out because he was getting away with slowly run races, doing a bit wrong, but winning softly. Then he put the foot down his third win, ran the time. Then on Saturday, he never stopped running from the start. He was probably only ridden for 100 metres. Yet he won by four. He beat Daytona by five and a half. Okay, he's not a star, uh, but he has run time all the way around that track. And that's what good athletes do, isn't it? Yeah, Globe, uh, and he was heavily backed on that um, in that seventh event, uh, race seven of the 13, going back at the results 
on Saturday. Before I take a quick break, Darth, when we open up the phone lines on 1350-353, so you can give us a call with your questions on the weekend. Uh, what do we do with Shades of Rose? This text comes in. Yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe they're going to just stop and these mares, when you either got them or you haven't got them. And she was only three weeks between coming back from Perth. And, uh, yeah, I know she didn't have the best run in the world, but, um, yeah, it's back to the drawing board with her, I'd suggest, and maybe stop, start again, or freshen her up, or, or but Bjorn, he's got a handle on her, he'll, he'll sort that, that out, but, um, yeah, she just hasn't really gone on with it this prep, although she has competed at the top level at, uh, at the three runs back before, we, on, before Saturday. All right, 9.26, we'll take a break. We've got plenty more to come. 13.53.53 is the open line number. Give us a call right now. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, welcome back to the program. Give us a call on 13.53.53 with uh, David Gaintley, Michael Maxworthy and Ron Duffersey this morning and also get involved on the text line 0419-767-272. And... Uh, while before we get to uh, the coast there at uh, Gosford on the weekend, Gator, uh, there's a couple of texts here in relation to Yellow Brick and just some more comments in relation to his times. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, times against all averages are fabulous. I mean, I'm all for giving punters as much information as, as, as I can and then they can decipher what they want to use. Um, but in my very humble, I think times on the day are much more relevant if you want to find future winners. The Yellow Brick... He's run about three lengths quicker than 15 rounds, a listed race, some good horses in that. Um, and he's done it off a near identical first 600. So uh, on the day, uh, okay, against all averages, he hasn't gone through the roof. But on the day, he's, um, he's run some terrific times, uh, you know, relative to his rivals. So I think it's a good way to look at the races. Yeah. I couldn't agree more about relative times on the day rather than overall. That's uh, that's very misleading if you start looking at times on different days. So, yeah, I agree with everything that about that. Yeah, and and Maxi, just on the uh, that run of fifteen rounds, obviously Barry Lockwood, uh, Lockwood, great to see him get another big win. Uh, uh, what's the go with uh, far too easy? What did David McComb say after the race? Because he probably needed to win that to get the rating up again, didn't he? Um. Yeah, what rating is he now? Far too easy. I'll just have a quick look. I think he's oh, a 97. He's, yeah, 97. He's got to get it over the 100. But look, I thought there was a lot of merit in his performance, Dave. He was, uh, he was stuck out there wide. Um, and he kept whacking away deeper into the race. He was closing in. And 15 rounds had established a, a run on the rails. Um, he managed to sort of get away from the fence very late there on 15 rounds. But... I thought it was a good performance when you analyse it closely. Had he drawn a gate, he probably goes close to winning, but he was just stuck out there, badly exposed, four and five deep turning into the straight, yet he kept on to the line. So don't be sacking far too easy. What about in the coast? Uh, let's go to back to Gosford Duff, um, Palmito. Kieran McAvoy, well, it was a day out for Kieran. He had multiple winners on the card, and this horse continues on the winning ways after the win there at Hawkesbury. Yeah, he's um, a very interesting horse. He's only a four-year-old and he had good form in the South Island of New Zealand before coming over and he had a, a, a flat prep at his first prep in Australia. And then this time in, um, I heard John maybe with you before his first up run and he half gave him a rap that day because it stuck in my head behind Cognac and I thought, yeah, pretty good run. And then I saw him at Hawkesbury and I went, oh my God. It's the, he's a little short-necked, ugly duckling. His coat was awful. And he came out and bolted him. I thought, boy, um, how did that happen? And then he come on a little bit there again on Saturday. So I'm still saying there's more to come from him. So wouldn't look at him, wouldn't look at him, but he certainly uh, adds interest, although John's aiming high now straight to... Uh, a, a Group 1 race with him in Brisbane, so we'll learn more about him there, but he's, he's certainly got upside. He hasn't been over-raced and, and I think he's still got more uh, settling into Australian way of life to come. Mm. It's a really interesting race to watch because uh, they fired out with I've been trying. He was up on the pace and I mean, considering the way in which you know that race was run, there's been some good runs in behind, hasn't there? There has. Well, Walls just needs to win well, Wall. Um, he, he's battled on well again there for his 
third second in a row. So he just needs a confidence-building win. And some people may say, oh, confidence-building. How do horses get confidence? But I'm a believer in it. Military expert is ready now if he gets his dry track. So it turned out probably unfortunate that he drew one on the day and he was second up at a mile. So I think there's um, if he's placed to advantage next time, he'll be very, very hard to beat. He'll be very hard to beat. Okay. So um, other than that, uh, it's all about uh, the winner who surged through the line again and, and get, looks like he'll get uh, 2,000 metres for sure. I want to bring Adelaide in the equation here because we'd had the Sangster on, of, of course, and uh, we also had some other good races. But this Robert Sangster, I mean, this is a horse we've seen in Sydney. Ruthless Dame, Johnny Allen. We saw it uh, obviously running the Coolmore and nearly win a surround stakes, just beaten by a very smart filly called Sunshine in Paris. And, well, John Allen, he loves these big group ones, doesn't he, Gator, in Adelaide? Oh, yeah, he could ride anything. Johnny, what a ripper. I mean, punters just, just love him. Um, he just doesn't make too many mistakes. Uh, if you take uh, that element out of it, it's going to take you a long way, isn't it? And you know, I was really dark on myself. Um, Ruthless Dame. Um, Me too. Yeah, I just I tipped her in a Coolmore, and I. I, I so what, always learning. What did you drop off, Gator? Well, this, I'm just about to explain. Yeah. Because you know we're always learning, never stop learning. And um, Bella Nipotina simply had the best form, but then she's deep into a prep, coming back from WA. You saw Shades of Rose fail in the same scenario. But I went back to the best form. She ran a terrific, uh, I think, what, what did they say, the second best last 600 ever at Ascot. So she was difficult to, to overlook. Um, but there was that question mark. And Ruth Stain freshened 1,500 back to 1,200. Was she going to be fresh enough? Well, the answer is yes. And she's paid a big price. And, um, you know, I've been a big fan for a while. So I missed the boat there. But as I say, always learning. And that what's happening is these three-year-olds in the sprint ranks, they keep on winning. They just keep beating the older horses in almost everything. So I think the only exception over the weekend was Kin, who was beaten by another good one in Valmaster. But, um, you know, we've seen Giga Kick, we've seen Lofty Strike, we've seen them all measure right up. That The form out of that surround stakes has been unbelievable. Yeah, it has. To, to think that she finished in front of Zugotcha and In Secret, and we're probably all waiting for Sunshine in Paris to come back. And there's been two or three others behind there as well. So... Um, we may have missed the obvious little spec there and obviously um, she was a little unlucky there Zapatea not getting much clear running It has been extraordinary hasn't it like so, you know um, even throw in a, a horse like Fireburn who was in that yes, surround yeah. stakes uh, so it, it certainly has um, In relation to uh, the another big race in, uh, in Adelaide uh, there's a text here on the text line just about Royal Merchant uh, that was in the Group 2 um, the, uh, the the Tobin bronze stakes uh, that was a good win, another win for Michael D this season, a feature win Yeah, he's, he's riding beautifully isn't he and uh, this horse should have won last start and should have beaten Cast, you saw Cast beat the older mares two hours earlier so no surprise, Royal Merchant was well back the one she had to run down though was She Dances who came off a really fast win um, and she was popular as well um, because yeah, she's run fast time from the front I think th- who was the better run? Well, I'll leave that open to debate. But Chidantis was attacked all the way by a 70 to 1 pop who dropped off. And um, it wasn't really a leader's track there by any stretch. So I think they've both gone enormous. As the seven bales and, um, you know, a competitive race, but um, plenty of merit on the clock, as you expect from good horses. Now, back to Gosford. Dan, we had the Gosford Gold Cup here, Duff. Esty Finney, uh, a horse that's seen plenty of the world. Has, uh, has now got the Gosford Cup under his belt and a good training performance by Matt Smith. Yeah, he's a very patient trainer, Matt, and he's got a lot of stayers in his stable. And uh, this, um, this gelding, he's an eight-year-old, and uh, he's, he's run some nice races in, in good races in the past. Uh, and obviously he's hard to place, but he, gets, he placed him well with 53 kilos there on Saturday in the Gosford Cup, and he got the job done well. He just, Jay just said... Um, I'll just sit back here, mind my own business. I'm on a 30-to-1 chance, and they just opened up um, four or five off the fence, and he darted through. It was all over. He won like a he won like a six-to-four favourite. Uh, so he was third up, hitting his peak. Lovely big horse, I must say. He's a lovely big horse. And uh, who knows? It'll be interesting to see if he could can can hold this form now that Matt's got him right. Or when I say got him right, he's it's uh, hard to improve an eight-year-old, but who knows? 
And what about uh, up in Queensland, Maxie? Um, another text, this one from Gibbo, saying, uh, Renaissance woman, hope you boys all jumped on. She's a special, special filly. That was a big win in the Gold Coast bracelet. Yeah, it was. Um, great performance by Bjorn Baker and his team there at Warwick Farm to have her. She presented magnificently in the yard, very forward-looking for a filly that uh, basically hadn't raced since the VRC Oaks. The first up run at Randwick in the James Carr was good, holding a ground behind a talented filly in Alentia, but straight to the 16, uh, the 1800 rather on Saturday, and a nice patient ride by Josh Parry allowed her to get back in the field. Gee, she must have been eight, ten lengths off the lead in a bit of an awkward spot on the fence, but he sort of managed to get away from the rails coming towards the bend, got to the crown, and just when I thought that super chilled, the dash clear to the inside was going to win, you could see she was really gathering momentum. And it was a great performance second up. And she now goes in as the clear favourite for the Oaks coming up on the 3rd of June. Um, the Kiwi filly, the second favourite. Sucker a girl and then so dazzling. Runner-up in the ATC Oaks is on the third line. But And we know she can stay, Gaty. You saw her in Melbourne, didn't you? She campaigned there uh, with the win at Caulfield in a, in a stakes race. Yes, that was a terrific win that day. Her and the runner-up came from the back. They both charged home together, uh, ran real quality last 600 figure, and, and that's what she's done again on Saturday. And I think your, your point's really salient, Max. She was second up, getting to 1,800, so you'd have to think there's room to move with her. Um, gave them a start, ran them down, uh, sectionals home. As I say, terrific, about six lengths above you know, that uh, three-year-old listed grade average. She's a filly that's had... Uh... Oaks written all over since her second start in a race, which as a two-year-old, and she just as Baxi said, she's lightly framed and and raw. But I think Bjorn might have a handle on her, but not uh, uh, not a not a, a a big lead-up prep because she's she's athletic and she doesn't need much racing going into the Oaks like she showed on Saturday. She'll be she'll be hard to beat. She certainly will be. And uh, those prices available at the tab as we speak. So obviously we've got um, markets open for the 10,000, the South Australian Derby. We've got uh, the the Goodwood as well and the Doombin Cup there on the 20th. We've got the Derby on the 27th. Uh, we've also got uh, markets open for the Kingsford Smith. What about the JJ Atkins? I'll bring you in here, Duff, because we've, we've seen a couple of nice two-year-olds pop up over the, um, the last couple of days. I might uh, go back to Wednesday. What did you think of this Kadinsky abstract, the uh, $3 million cult? Um, yeah. He was impressive, and his, um, his, you know, his, the data that came out of his performance was uh, exceptional. Yes, um, we've all been waiting. He's left it a bit longer this year, Chris Waller, um, a lot longer. <laughs> and we're saying, well, what's Chris got this year? Because these are his, he loves these size and the JJ Atkins. And, yeah, he looks he's obviously got to live with his pedigree and his price tag of $3 million. Uh, but you had to like what he did there on Saturday. You have to love what I love Cryosaur's win on Saturday. He is a beautiful horse. And I think he's a much better horse than what you may have seen in Queensland as a two-year-old. And uh, there's um, it's starting to take a bit of shape there. And Chris has got a couple of others there. That Methuselism, uh, who was beaten in the first race on Saturday, he looks more the mild type to me. I, I just... I don't understand, even though I, I'm, I'm all over uh, Chrysor, um, considering the SP on Saturday and the situation, and to think that Chrysor was $8 and, and uh, Methuselahism was $20 or $31, $26 or $31. I don't know whether there's, if they go that way, if they go on with him, he looks more the mile horse. And I would have thought Chrysor looked more like the 1400 horse of the size. Mm. So a little toing and froing to do there, but. Um, I think Chris Waller's coming right at the right time with his, uh, his second wave, as we say. What did you think up of um, Snap back there in that Chrysler race? Should have won. Should have won. Where does he uh, fit into the picture for Brisbane? I, I, I don't know uh, if he fits into the mile picture. Um, he might fit into the 1400. Uh, but I just think, even though I, was, I backed snapped back with confidence on Saturday and went out shaking my head, thinking that he should have beat Chrysler. I just think Chrysler might be the horse that would, had, you know, four lengths, three or four lengths of improvement where he looked pretty well up to the mark, the other horse. Yeah, yeah he, he looks like that too, Chrysler. He is a, he's a sort of a heavy horse, holds his condition yeah, well. You can't yeah. help but think that 
they're going to get a decent prep out of him this time. I'm sure. Just on uh, Cadenzi Abstract, and this information thanks to Vince Accardi, uh, who joins us every Friday from Daily Sectionals, just letting you know that uh, that performance, uh, his debut performance, he had the best last 600, 400 and 200 of the meeting um, that uh, last week. That was on the Wednesday meeting. So... Obviously, for a two-year-old to come out and do that, and he's got the big wraps on him, but um, he's now, what, equal $8 favourite. Um, so, Cryosaur and uh, both Kadinsky Abstract, $8 there in the size, uh, that uh, BRC size. That's not Group 1, is it, Maxie? No, they're working on it. It was originally, but, um, yeah, they're working to get it back to the, the Group 1. Yeah, yep. and then the JJ market, which is also open uh, with the tab. Both these markets all in. Cryosaur, $8.00. Uh, Ducase at $8 and Kandinsky Abstract at $8. And then Empire of Japan, Godzilla, Influential, Vomo Island, who was also yeah. there. Godzilla's the other one I want to uh, have a look at when he comes back. He's uh, a horse with a uh, a lot of promise who we didn't see the best of it too. He's only a maidener, but um, I'm, I'm interested if... I think he trialled the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he's kept being... He's, he's still in work, so Godzilla's a nice horse. Um, what did you make of that performance on Wednesday, Gator? Uh, Kadinsky Abstract, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a really neat win. There's a couple of the, in that race that I've got a lot of time for, um, so I certainly had that uh, as, as you know, substance to a race. Um, the win was neat, sectional strong. I mean, look, he was probably entitled to, to sprint home strongly off a near 37 second first 600, so um, you have to factor that in. There was another two-year-old race on the day. Uh, he's gone 0.4 slower than Kia, but their first section, they were 0.6 slower. So, again, we, you know, if you're using relative times to the day, um, that's, in my humble, a great way to, to line the performance up. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, it um, it will be very interesting to see how that two-year-old, bef- you know, is th- those, those races do unfold up there in uh, Queensland because they have been springboards then, to what we see with horses uh, in then springs in Sydney and also uh, in Victoria. So uh, they're going to be horses to follow. Speaking of the big one, uh, we've got the barrier draw tomorrow for the Doombin 10,000. Giga kicks a dollar eighty at the moment, Duff, and he does seem to have this race well and truly at his mercy. Yeah, it's a, love, it's a good race. Uh, love the race. Um, Half Cabin, Mizzou, um, Overpass, um, yeah, there could be others there. A couple of them will split up between this and the Kings and Smith, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's an exciting horse, uh, Giga Kick. And half cabin, I'm, I wouldn't sell him short because he's. I, I, I think they've realised he's a 1,200, 1,400 metre horse now and he'll be he'll be trained like that. So uh, a great race, a great race as we usually do with these sprinters in Australia. It's it's uh, very competitive. What's the, what's the news coming in? Yeah, they, they've, had a, they've had a bit of a freshen up, haven't they, mm. since uh, Sydney? So we've got to go through the trials. And he rounded them up beautifully last Monday, Giga Kick, a little bit reminiscent of his all-age win. Um, at Cabins had a trial, Maria Mia, Bellana, Eduardo, who won this 10,000 a couple of years ago. So we'll have to study those trials. We certainly will. Uh, can a horse like Marzu possibly go back-to-back? I mean, we haven't seen a horse go back-to-back in the, uh, the 10,000 since Apache Cat did uh, back in uh, 2008, 2009, and before that it was Favalon. So it's, it's not easy, and that was, what, 2001, 2002 for Favalon. It's not easy to go back-to-back, Duff? No, it's not, but uh, look, they tried him at the 1,400 in the all-age, and it, it probably backfired. Not backfired, he did run into the you know, Giga Kick and Zaki there, but, and he did find a, a soft track, which he usually handles. But if you go back to his TJ Smith, look, he's snapping it. He's snapping it. I wish I win and Giga kicks heels. So he's um, he could well be the forgotten horse. I thought he was the, he was the sleeper in the new market as well, uh, behind those those good horses. And um, uh, yeah, he's he's just a a genuine good sprinter who's competed at the top level. Um, you know, for such a young horse, he, he's he's um, he's right in the mix. We've got uh, Aft Cabin there at six dollars as well. Overpass at eight. Eduardo. At eleven, Maria Mia at eleven, Velana at fifteen, Malkovich twenty six. This is all the all in market, and as Duff said, some will go to the Kingsford Smith. We will dissect that tomorrow morning when we see uh, the acceptances come through. Uh, from a Queensland perspective, Maxie, what I see in this market, what um, 
where would be the first Queensland horse? I mean, there's a lot of Sydney siders here. Yes, I think we're going to struggle in this race. Um, I thought Rothfire might go to it, being 1,200 metres weight for age, but he's been kept for the Kingsford Smith, uh, where I think he's uh, around about equal favourite, or he's there in the market. We think about it, Balana and Upgabin. Um, so, yeah, with our sprinters, uh, we're a little bit light on. I think he's probably our shining light, Rothfire, returning uh, with his victory in the victory stakes a couple of weeks ago, but uh, he won't be there on Saturday. But, yeah, for the fact that it's going to be a great race, um, into a dollar eighty. I think he was a dollar ninety yesterday, Giga Kick, so um, he's certainly the headline horse at Doombin on Saturday. He certainly is, and there's a good undercard of racing as well coming out of Queensland. Of course, we've got the two-day yeah. carnival at uh, Scone. We'll obviously have a big meeting as well coming out of South Australia, but uh, this, uh, this Doombin meeting... Uh, which you can catch live on Sky Thoroughbred Central. You've obviously got the 10,000, which will be the feature, the Spirit of Boom Classic, the Rough Habit, uh, the Chairman's, the Bright Shadow, etc. So good card of racing. Yeah, I noticed that um, Kovalika is in the market there for the Durban Cup, but I would think that they'd keep him for the um, Rough Habit plate um, on Saturday, a nice sort of springboard race to the derby he's the hot favorite for the derby here two dollars fifty so looking forward to seeing him cover leaker if he lines up on saturday but um yeah the champagne classic for the two-year-olds we've just touched on them there might be a jj atkins horse come out of that on saturday be keen to see the noms and the chairman's handicap and the bright shadow for the fillies and mares is the other highlight there on saturday we've all got that one place don't we gentlemen uh, and probably all the punters out there where we grew up, and uh, it's obviously got that connection with, and mine is Doombin. It was the first, you know, official metropolitan track I went to. I spent a lot of time there with my grandfather. I really hope, Maxie, that they don't let Doombin slip away. And what I mean by that is I see a lot of investment across the road at Eagle Farm, and it seems to be the the flavour. But I tell you what, if they didn't have Doombin, they would have been in all sorts, the BRC, considering the strife they've had with that track and the punishment they've given that track. I really hope they make some investment in it because um, it is just as important to racing up there as it is Eagle Farm. Yeah, absolutely. I think they've had dramas with Eagle Farm since about 2013. So it's taken them a long time Mm. to get Eagle Farm back on track. And when we were there last Saturday week, the Victory Stakes that had never played better Eagle Farm. And I think that's largely due to the old queen over the road, uh, Doombin, which just keeps on keeping on, having to absorb all of those extra mm. meetings when Eagle Farm was out of action. Um, now, uh, back to you, Gator, here. I'll bring you in here because there's a text about uh, some races at Sandown. This uh, La Zebra, which won the first race for the Brown Stable, Mark Zara on board. Um, what do you make of this gilding, this grey? Look, did a good job. I mean, had, a, had some race fitness advantage um, and some match practice advantage over some key rivals. Um, but led, it was a great day to be a leader as well and uh, got away with a pretty easy lead, kicked on and won okay, but did give the runner-up three kilos and actually gave them all weight. So no knock on the win. There are actually two winners that came through that Mornington sort of race, that blanket finish race um, over the weekend. So it caught me a bit off guard there. But uh, look, job done. I don't think I'll be eyeing off a cox plate, but um, all you can do is win. Exactly right. Uh, and good to see Mark Zara back in town riding winners too. Oh, he's just um, one of the best, isn't he? I mean, I just look at it from a punning perspective. So if I see his name in in a horse I like, my eyes light up. Simple as that. It's 9.51. We'll take a break. We've got some horses to follow coming from the gents next. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You most uh, certainly are. It is 9.53 on Sky Sports Radio. And uh, we've got, obviously, some good race winnings ahead. Just on the Kenzo meeting um, this week, we've have you got a horse in the first race, Duff? Um, not that I've been told of. Okay. There's a text on the text line saying... Is that a good old claim? Yeah, I was going to say, just claim claim the winner. Okay, there was a text on the text line saying, oh, Duff's got a horse in the first race at um, at the Kenzo meeting. There you go. All right. No, he doesn't. So, But uh, there's some good horses. That Godzilla, who you mentioned, goes around... Um, in that first. Maybe that's what the punter was yes. alluding to. Godzilla, okay, your horse. Are. You I can claim him. this. You can claim, claim this. I'm yeah. So that's a, an interesting race, the first. Just first glance at it. It's a full field and Godzilla. He's drawn two. two. 1,400. So we'll get a guide where he's Queensland uh, Carnival is concerned. There might be a couple other nice horses there too, just at first glance. So, yeah. Um, 
That's a good race. Californians in that race. Um, Ravello. Did anyone see uh, the performance uh, recently of a uh, a Gerald Ryan uh, runner, boys? I know. I think it was mentioned actually last week that Union Army um, was very impressive at Newcastle a couple of starts ago, and um, I, I guess it's a rich enough gelding. Very keen to see where they take that horse because he beat Celos, who Godolphin I think have got an opinion of. He just keeps running into one better. I'm more interested in what he's doing with General Salute. Um, yes. The, uh, but I've I, I got a funny feeling he mightn't be nominated for Queensland because uh, he wasn't in the markets. Uh, so We'll get Tanya uh, to give um, Gerald a call straight away uh, yeah. to see where General Salute's heading. I'll get Tanya to give Gerald a call uh, before we wrap up the program and uh, find out uh, when we will see General Salute at the races Next, um, from a um, a derby perspective, Maxi, um, text on the text line. Hey guys, Queensland Derby, um, Kovalika or Kovalisha is a, a two fifty favourite. Is there anything at the moment that you think we can bet away from the Waller horse? Is it is it so dazzling? Or I did see a good win of a, a Kiwi horse at uh, Ipswich on Saturday, Maxi. Jake Bayless rode it. I started with a C. The name just eludes me, but. Um, they always do that, don't they, the Kiwis? They bring them over yeah. for that um, that Ipswich meeting and run them over the 1,800 or a mile, and they seem to get the job done. Yeah, um, to try and get through the back door there. But Kovalik has got all the form lines in the world, a little bit um, like Gypsy Goddess, dare I say it, from a year earlier. And um, he's going to dominate, I think, uh, all the markets for the derby. The interesting runner um, Gator might be able to expand a little bit on, Aberfeldy Boy. Now, I like the look at this hot horse, Gator. It looks like he can really stay. I see he's in the SA Derby, which goes before the Queensland Derby. Yeah, he looks genuinely promising, doesn't he? I mean, he's only had the six starts from memory. I mean, he's just uh, run on really well behind a horse called White Marlin, who was yeah. favourite for Melbourne Cup 20 minutes ago. So um, we get to see White Marlin on Saturday as well, I think, in the Andrew Ramsden. So uh, we get a guide on all of that. Um, look, I think he's um, genuinely... Um, an exciting stayer. I mean, he ran well in the VRC Derby, didn't he? Third, I think, from memory as well. So he was right on the heels of Sharp and Smart that day. Okay, so uh, just watch this space. That is going to be interesting to see what horses do. Maybe uh, back up from Adelaide and go up to um, up to Queensland. Uh, speaking of going to Queensland, you'll have to wait, uh, Maxi and yeah. and Duff for this uh, horse or Duff uh, with General Salute. Um, Tanya just found out from Gerald Ryan going for a spell, changed mind about going for Queensland. Okay, fair enough. We'll so go, we stand there. going for a spell there for general salute. Now, uh, horses to follow from the weekend, Duff. What do you like? Uh, look, uh, we can add him to the improving two-year-olds here. Cryosaur, I thought there's only upside with him. And talking about Matty Smith, I think uh, a midweek 2400 I'm looking for for Credit Crunch, who made ground along the inside there in that 2,100-metre race on Saturday. So just a midweek, uh, hopefully, midweek, wet track, 2,400. You can put your money down on Credit Crunch. Okay, Credit Crunch. Max, are your horses to follow? I think Yellow Brick was the, um, you know, the, the big performer there, the most impressive winner I felt last Saturday at the Sunshine Coast. But um, basically, as I mentioned earlier, there, there weren't too many hard luck stories except for horses having to be, you know, obligated to be ridden wide out on the track. But one of the um, the Gold Coast bracelet, Mark Newton's Phoebe Silvakia, she ran into trouble at about the 350 and couldn't be really tested and went to the line under her own steam. Whether they press on with her, I don't know. But I thought she went well, a little bit hidden there, Silvakia. And in the yellow brick, Guineas, the horse that ran third soothsayer, looked magnificent. Uh, Lee Freeman trains this fellow. He's a, he's a real winner. But I'm thinking probably more Quinellas and Trifectas because he's probably going to continue to run it in these classic three-year-old races through the carnival where he probably won't be really given much attention. But I think if you're going Quinellas, Trifectas, soothsayer is one to keep in mind. He looked great there last Saturday. And Gator, your horses to follow. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to steer away from those that that, that actually won. But uh, gee, um, horses like Yellow Brick, Globe, Gunstock, um, Ruthless Dame, Cast, some real exciting. It was a really exciting weekend to sit back and, and do the uh, the video reviews, wasn't it? So of those that were beaten, and I think all three of these should have won, and can make amends soon. Uh, Redner, who was heavily backed at Gosford, 
ended up last and the leaders took off 600 from home, made his task impossible. Still trying to work out how he got that close. Americana should have gone close at Sandown. It was a sneaky gem. I think this, uh, she can bob up at about 20 to 1 somewhere soon. Or, okay, 10 to 1. And Dazzling Lucy, uh, good thing licked as well. Sandown, especially given the pattern. Boys, before we wrap it up, it's always good to have a look at a bit of a history, and we love a good stat. Um, and Duff, your tip for me to get on a form focus, and I suggest anyone out there that um, that is you know loves their history on certain races to check out formfocus.com.au. Before you boys uh, go, can any of, me, any of you tell me who's the um, the leading trainer in regards to winners for the Doombin Ten Thousand in history? Um, we can have a guess. No. Maxi? No, uh, no. No. Sounds like no. it's going to be a tricky one. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's oh, probably okay, not. Right. It probably, um, you'll probably go, oh, that'd be right. Gator, do you want to have a guess? Uh, tumbleweed here. <laughs> Tommy Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tommy Smith's won it well. six times. Um, Peter Snowden's <laughs> won it four. Bart Cummings and Harry Plant have both won it three, the Doombin 10,000. And what about the jockeys? If you had to pick a jockey to win the Doombin 10,000 the most, who's it been? Uh, Mick Dittman. Dittman second on four. George Moore won, has won five ten thousands, and uh, Michael um, Michael Pilling and Noel um, Grouty with three. So and John Marshall. Right? There you go. Yeah. Campaign so, King. Wow, what a horse he was, Jay Marshall. Yeah. yeah. So wonderful uh, horse. Uh, and just some just some more little stats. Thanks to Form Focus uh, of the Doombin ten thousand in the last thirty years, sixteen starters uh, have gone on from a ten thousand to a Stradbroke. Um, for four seconds and 12 unplaced. Uh, and the Stradbroke Handicap Doombin 10,000, we've seen it with, uh, obviously, Campaign King in 1988, and we saw it as well before that uh, with um, Cepedo in 75, etc. And then just a little more bit of stat. Maybe you guys can tell me, who do you think is the leading trainer when it comes to the South Australian Derby, who we get to, which we get to see this weekend? Sure, this will be an easy one, boys. And McDonald. No. No. Hey. Mm. Ma Eustace? What about yourself, Ma. Duff? Um, I would have... Uh, oh, look, I, my, my history in the South Australian Derby <laughs> doesn't go... Back. I would have to say Ma Eustace as well. It's Bart. Bart's the leading oh, of course. Yes, of course. Ten, <laughs> ten derbies. Gee, I'm not taking you to a trivia night in the youth. No, no, uh, our job is predict the future, <laughs> not the past. No, I know. I know. And here's a, here's a doozy. Um, oh, I won't even, I'll just say it. Uh, the leading jockey... Do you remember uh, Mick Medhurst? Six winners. Yeah, yeah, no, Mick uh, Well, yeah. Yeah, Mick Medhurst is the leading <laughs> jockey when it comes to the South Australian Derby. John Allen sits there on four. He's won it four times, and uh, he might make it five on the weekend. Have a great day, uh, gentlemen. Thanks for being on Punters Postmortem, and we'll catch you during the week on Sky Sports Radio. See you, guys. Great work. Bye-bye.